1: Celtic Stuff Live.
0: Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the Sealiness Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poolin. Joining me, John Duke, as always, and John. The Celtics absolutely stink right now. And I don't even want to WEEI this. I'm just saying they flat out stink, dude. It's miserable. A one and three road trip. We had hoped. We had hoped that this would be a road trip that would help them kind of come together and heal. You and I both predicted a two and two record. So we weren't thinking they were going to all of a sudden mesh and go on this road trip and become... Or come back home and be all stars that are all back into their form and playing together marvelously. We thought 500, but it could be the trip that helps the team get to where they need to be, chemistry wise. And I just don't see that that happened at all. I think they're still on a downward spiral. Look, I, I think that there are there were some positives to take out of the trip.
1: I thought the the Utah game. The end of the Phoenix game, I thought that was actually – I thought the offense looked pretty good in the, in the Utah game. I thought the second half of the Phoenix game, the, U, the defense looked – the offense looked pretty good. Uh, the defense was pretty good in the second half of the Portland game. You know, it's just like fits and starts, No, nothing really cohesive. All of it really kind of jumbled mess. Um I think there's a lot of calls for mixing up, uh, the, the, the starting lineups and the rotations, you know, and I think all of that is, is very smart. Uh, you know, but there's been a lot of pushback and the Steve pet, Jay King. They're all like, no, 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 it's all going to work itself out. I, I just don't, I'm just, I'm seeing a team that just doesn't really trust itself right now, doesn't know how to work together and, like You know, we talked before the show, is there a young guy versus old guy thing going on? It's just tough. It's really hard sledding. And the one thing that I was comparing it to uh, is this is like watching the 2010 Celtics, you know, where they were good. They're supposed to be good. And you and I did a lot of shows talking about some pretty bad basketball for a good part of that season until they flipped the switch in the playoffs. God help us. Let's hope they flip the switch sooner than that. But it it's this is this is tough a tough watch right now.
0: Yeah, it's actually annoying to watch. I mean I'm just gonna be straight up. I put that out on Twitter and I meant it, you know, and I think I said it, you know, three or four days ago. I said the last ten days, you know, this team has been just flat out annoying to watch play. And a lot of it's just the way they're digging those holes. Remember that was where they were kind of coming from in the early Isaiah Thomas days. They'd dig these big holes, then they'd climb out of them, and then they'd finish in the fourth quarter in amazing fashion. And, you know, they did do that against Phoenix, but, I mean, of all teams, Phoenix they had to dig out. And even then, I fell asleep with about 30 seconds left not thinking they even had a shot. And then I woke back up five minutes later and had to pull it back up and, and watch it and say, wait a second, what? They won? And, uh, it, I mean, even, it was very, uh, very crazy the way they even pulled out that win. They very easily could have been 0-4 on this road trip. This is not the team we expected this season. I agree. Uh, you know, they're just playing disjointed. I do also agree with Steve Boulette that this will work itself out. I'm not sure we need to get crazy with shaking up the starting lineup, although you and I discussed the Marcus Smart You know, maybe Marcus Morris kind of switching in. I think that might send a message to some degree. I think Hayward would actually, and we talked about that, do better on that second unit, the ball handling. They could suffer Marcus Smart going into the starting lineup. He's made some really great defensive plays. He also hit some big three-pointers. I mean, Marcus, I won't say has been all-world, but Marcus has been Marcus with the ability to hit a three. Why not work him into that starting lineup? Get him, And really, we need to get... I think, much more up-tempo. I think it would help the offense get into a groove, more shots. I know that they are taking a lot of shots and missing a lot of especially three-pointers uh this past week, but I'd like to just see them get more up-tempo. Marcus Smart creating turnovers, pushing it out on the break and transition. I think that would help a ton, to be honest with you, and I think a lot of these guys would get back in the groove. We also saw uh three teams, especially, with some pretty dominant big men in the middle. And we had talked uh, before the season about that starting lineup, and you had said, I feel like uh, Aaron Baines needs to be in the starting lineup, especially against those type of teams. But I don't see where that was really a difference maker either. He stopped hitting those three-pointers that he was really knocking down you know, through the first couple of weeks of the year. Uh, But I really don't see where that's made a difference. I'm almost at a point where – I'd be willing to accept a trade, but the trade would have to be a big one. It doesn't have to necessarily be Towns or Davis, but it's got to be a fairly decent sized young big man with some passing ability and, and, and would have to have some defense. I mean, look at what Rudy, Rudy Gobert did to this defense, just going up and, and how many alley oops did he have in that game? Ridiculous. Well, you know, I, so let's talk
1: about Horford because I think, This was, this has been a bad week for, for Al Horford. Uh, and, and really you can go back, you know, the road trip really does include the Indiana game. So really they were, they're one in five, right? Uh, or one in four, I guess, counting, counting the Indiana, the Indiana game, which is another one they should have won. I mean, they, they, they were close in a number of these. So, you know, it's not like they got their doors blown off. They were in all of them. Uh, they only pulled one off. And, you know, look, Portland's good. Utah, it was a lot better than they have been earlier in the season. Indiana is good, but Phoenix not so hot, you know. Um, so there's there's a, there's a little bit there. But the thing that I'm I'm interested in is I think Horford's gasped, you know, and you saw it where he didn't play the end of the Phoenix game. Um, he clearly did not have his legs playing against Gobert, somebody who he's actually made look pretty silly in the past, and I think he looks just completely you know um i don't know gaunt but he definitely looks he looks gassed he doesn't have the same energy and same pep and i think that has a lot to do with him playing the 5 i think that he needs to be on the 4 to start the games and i think it really talks about overall the overall outlook of trying to run that small lineup now you're working
0: again. that baines argument back in uh, here that was back. that was subtle going and back. smooth the way you did that you're going to say it's not about the matchups anymore you're going to say it's all about Al Horford running out of gas in the tank. That's, that's, I think. I, I think maybe, it's evidence. I, I think it's I, evidence. I, I think know? Tommy needs to tell him he's out of shape.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, they're playing at a high altitude too. So Denver, you know, Utah, even Phoenix. I mean, you're dealing with you know some. It's a pretty taxing uh, uh trip, and particularly where he didn't have Tice for all but the Portland game. That's tough. That's a lot to put on him. But I, I really think. It's not working right now, right? It's, the starting lineup is just not working. Those guys are, uh, they're, they're not at odds with each other, but it's clearly this, they just don't know how to fit next to each other. The question I have is, you're right, bring in Marcus, bring in Baines. I don't want to touch Marcus Morris. I want to leave him on the bench and own as, as a reliable scorer there. Let's say you bring in Marcus and Baines. Who are the two you sit?
0: I'd say Hayward. We talked about that before. Yeah, Hayward's the easy choice. Well, I would go with Brown, uh, specifically because if you're going to let Hayward do the ball handling, you know, I'd like to see him get up and down the floor a little bit. Brown plays the defense and, and I actually think Brown has, has actually started to pull it together a little bit. I know, I I know. yeah, he really has tightened it up a little bit, playing within himself. You know, that that's happened in the past. We've watched him have to kind of figure that out. But he's hit some big three-pointers. Let's face it, uh, his clutch shooting from beyond the arc has been there in critical moments here and there already in this early season. I think that's good that he's knocking down. I mean, look at Tatum. Tatum's missed some big three-pointers, you know, in the waning minutes of the games uh over the last several weeks. I'm not saying he hasn't had some big – he's put up some big points – And I do like seeing him work that Euro step, but he is trying to get a little bit closer to the rim. A lot of the moves that we saw last year, he's bringing back out. I don't know where they went, but they really weren't there um, through the first several weeks of the season. And now he's bringing some of that back, which is good. They do need to just find a way to get into the paint, though. Regardless of what you say about Horford playing the five, defensively, yes, he may be gassed. But offensively, they just can't get close. And they're missing all those mid-range shots and they're really not confident uh, with the three. I mean, Kyrie is the only one that can get into the paint. It was the same thing with Isaiah Thomas. And quite, like, if you just look at this team, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to get into the paint. Jalen Brown, I I get the handle isn't quite there for him to just go slashing with the ball in his hands. I still, for the love of God, cannot understand how they can't wind up running a play where he can't beat the defense, you know, around the back door. why? And that's why I say – Let's see some ump tempo. Let's give up a little bit on defense. We'll have a little fun, play a little. You might remember not this last season, but the season before they were like really good defensively, but they kind of hit a tough stretch and it was kind of a similar start as this a couple years ago. And then their defense went to crap. They fell from like top three in the league down to 20th, but they were winning. And I think it had everything to do with attitude. They were having fun and they did wind up getting the defense back in order by the time they hit the postseason. But I I think that that's really what they need to do. I I really, I see a team that is not enjoying being, you know, on the floor, not really necessarily enjoying being around each other. And I I feel like, you know, some of this could be solved with them just laxing up a little bit, having a little bit of fun, getting loose and then going back and locking down the defense once they have some confidence.
1: You know, and I, I think there, there have been times when offensively they look okay. You know, before the playoff, before they went on the road, I mean, Kyrie had a number of different, you know, situations where he went off. And, uh, you know, I thought that kind of helped people find a role a little bit. I think since then, Tatum has been a little bit better. He was not good in Indiana. Um, but I think this, there's, there's still, there's a question of like direction of who's getting the, who's the balls finding, you know, Tatum had one shot in the game against in the fourth quarter against, you know, Portland. He had 27 points scorching hot in the third quarter. And the ball only found him one time, a a three that he missed. Um, You know, that's that's not good enough, you know. And and I'm not I'm not saying that that's a that's indicative of what Brad's not doing. But the team's got to recognize that, you know, they've got to recognize, okay, you know, look, he's got to kind of he's kind of got it going here. You know, Um, you know. Kyrie had a couple instances where he missed some shots there in the, in the closing minutes there against Portland. Again, they were down by so much early on; they have to crawl back. And maybe that's a function of today's NBA, where just there's always going to be someone down big. But it just feels it like it's always the Celtics that are the ones on the on the downside of that. That's just to me that speaks more to effort and. And speaks to whether or not those guys are getting together. And I think by having those slow starts, especially on the road, I think it points to that that incongruity with that first unit and their inability to kind of establish something. And I think they need more energy. And I think a guy like Marcus Smart introduced into that group and moving uh, Brown and uh, and Hayward to the second unit. I think that just makes it a little bit more balanced, perhaps. I wouldn't mess with their time in terms of how much they're able to play, but I think that that would be very helpful. And it's also interesting to see Hayward today saying that he thinks that his minutes restriction is really limiting some of that chemistry building. What do you think about that? Do you think the minutes restriction is the issue for him? And
0: is that maybe impacting his play all overall? All right. Well, first – Just going to remind everybody to follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter, at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me, at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. And the entire CLNS Media network is at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. And the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Media, for high-definition, full-length locker room, interviews the garden report the round table Celtic stuff live and John you asked a great question right before we hit that uh, station identification I guess we'll call it you asked is Hayward right in his assessment that the minutes restriction is what's throwing everything off of the chemistry of that first unit and I think I think there could be some truth to that I also think that they're very concerned that if they lift that limit that minutes restriction that he's going to end up hurting his ankle. So here's the question to you back, right? <laughs> I think absolutely it is. But I also know he's dealing with soreness every day. So is it going to mess them up more having him on a minutes restriction or having him take the second night of a back-to-back off, etc., cetera, et cetera? And I guess part of the answer to that question is who on the bench unit can just sub in for Hayward and make it look fairly similar so that that chemistry isn't totally disrupted the way they run, you know, the offense and the way they play defense on his nights off. Cause that's the question there to, in my mind, it's mm-hmm. he's going to need time off to heal. I actually like the idea of keeping his minutes up and taking the second night of a back to back off. If you did move somebody like smart into the lineup and take Brown down then you could just basically take Hayward out and put Brown back into the lineup maybe. The problem is there's nobody else on this team that plays the way that Hayward does. You know, if you had Evan Turner, you could bring him in and call him, you know, Gordon Hayward White. Um, and, you know, it was nice to see E.T. again the other night, everybody having fun with him, uh, him talking about coming back and winning the championship. That was hilarious. Scal, thank you. And, uh, but, you know, at the end, just looking at it, that's what I'm concerned about. Might still disrupt the chemistry. I think you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't until he's 100%. And maybe in that vein, you should play him the full minutes out on the floor because he's getting normal wear and tear on the ankle, and if he's got to take a night off here and there just to rest it up, maybe that's better overall for conditioning. I'm not a doctor. I'm a nurse. I'm not a doctor, though, so I can't tell you which way to go with that. Are you more concerned about disrupting chemistry? By taking games off or minutes restriction, which one do you choose? Pick your poison. <laughs> Sophie's choice,
1: right? Of this thing, which is the which is the least uh, objectionable result? Um, it's tough because right now nothing's working. Right, there's no chemistry at all. You know, and i th- I think part of maybe even why Al Horford has has not really had a rest night since the start of the season, despite a really challenging uh, schedule, is that. Brad is trying to play as many of these guys together as much as he can to try to build that cohesion. And it's just, it hasn't, it hasn't manifested itself. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I would rather probably keep the minutes up and, 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 you know, have the one outlier, I suppose, as that back to back knowing there aren't many back to backs to speak of. Um, and then, and then kind of, you know, try to maintain some semblance of normalcy. I guess the issue though is, is when are those n- minutes coming? And, and as you know, we, and we talked about him, I'm, I'm an advocate of letting Hayward run the second unit. Uh, right now, Terry is really struggling to find his role. Uh, Morris is, is really lighting it up. Hayward, the one thing Hayward has really sh- shined in, and I'd say in his time, uh, thus far, a month into this this you know, recovery is playmaking. So why not put him in a position, basically spart's position, effectively, of going out there playmaking, creating opportunities. He's going to be defending the other team's second unit, you know, wing players. So he's not going to be going up against the Joe Ingles of the world uh, to torch him.
0: Oh God, God that, is that was just tough. ridiculous. That was so tough to take, John. Mm. The Joe Ingles torching, boy, that's just like. Taking the finger and sticking it in your throat and just gagging. It was like I just—it is just, it was just it's almost brutal. as bad as their
1: uniforms or that guy oh. next to the Celtics
0: bench. <laughs> oh my goodness! What a horrific thing that. What a weird ass week this was. I it mean, really was. seriously, just a. We're just going to call it weird ass because that's that's exactly what it was, and th- this team is going to come around. But it's just like, come on. Do us a favor, you know, like have a couple of good ones in there. Yeah. Even the Phoenix game, as much as that was, you know, a nice comeback victory, I'm sorry, but I just didn't feel good about it. I was not excited at the end of that game, you know, because that's a team you should beat. It's just a team you should beat, period, the end. Yeah. And so uh, it was nice to get a win. It was nice to see a win. It was It was kind of exciting, but it's just like, you know, it never even should have gotten to that point. Never. So, I mean, all right. Phoenix, yeah. I was just going to say
1: Phoenix is far and away the worst team in the league. I mean, right. their net rating, they're like twice as bad a net rating as the next worst Atlanta Hawks. I mean, they're so bad. And yet it was, you know, just by a Kyrie, you know, complete going nuts situation as he saved that, you know, we haven't, and that doesn't even talk about the Jamal, Jamal Murray game. I mean, how many times are we going to get torched? It,
0: God, Calgon, take me away. (laughs) Calgon, that's a throwback. All right, Boston sports fans, do you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team just for the price of a beer or a large pizza? I bet you're tired of paying all of the inflated markups from brokers, last-minute convenience charges, just to end up paying courtside prices for nosebleed seats. Go to 1in100.co, that's onein N one zero zero dot CO. Feeling lucky? Try it out right now. There's no other place online that's doing online raffles to win tickets for events. It's a totally new way to score tickets to your favorite events and a new way to score Boston Celtics tickets. The cost to get these tickets with 1in100 is potentially a small fraction of the actual ticket price. Get a pair of tickets for less than a cost of a beer. Your first raffle ticket is free after you sign up. And the experience of using one in 100 is extremely fun and exciting. All the way from picking your lucky number to the feeling of potentially scoring premium tickets. Feeling lucky? Try it. One in 100.co. That's O-N-E-I-N 100.co. And Robinhood, an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options and cryptos all commission-free. Did you hear that? Commission-free. This non-intimidating non-intimid- way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. I have friends that have been encouraging me to invest in cryptocurrencies, and now I've finally done it with Robinhood's easy-to-use app. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge. That's right. No commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio and discover new stocks and track favorite companies with a personalized news feed. Custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at CelticStuff.Robinhood.com. That's CelticStuff.Robinhood.com. All right, we got to get to Jimmy Butler. We've been ignoring Jimmy Butler for the first half of the show. And before we got started, you know, we do our little topic review. What are we going to talk about? Hey, we're going to be in the pooper. We're not going to be really happy and optimistic. We're the green-colored glasses kind of guys, and it's just not going to be that way on, on the show. And they stink, and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, we we realized very quickly that you and I stood on the opposite side of the fence on a couple of the main topics for the show. One was whether or not Baines in the starting lineup was really going to be, you know, the fix. <clears throat> All right. Well, you think
1: so?
0: And then the other topic was Jimmy Butler. And, and I'm going to tell you. The Easter conference is way better at this point in the game anyway than we thought. And it just got a whole lot better for Philly. I think Jimmy Butler is just the player they needed to take some attention off of Embiid and to give Ben Simmons a true, I don't know, partner to pass to. Uh, I, I really feel like we're going to be in a little bit of trouble and you already look, what, what, what's Toronto 12 and two? I mean, they're smoking it right now and, and don't think. That Milwaukee isn't like seriously on the rise. They're they're right behind Toronto, and they're like an upper crust team right now. The way they're playing, so I'm a little nervous. But I'm telling you right now, Jimmy Butler, chip on his shoulder, Jay Crowder's best buddy from back in the college days, a couple of second round picks chumming it up hitting the hitting the court with a vengeance. Not to mention, Jay Crowder did exact his vengeance on the Celtics with a key clutch three. So don't think that that isn't there. And uh, so here we are. We're, we're we've, Jimmy Butler is now a 76er. That was a trade we all thought was going to happen. And they got him for a sack of potatoes. Holy moly, they didn't give up crap. A second-round pick, and, and I get it. Dario, great player uh you know for the most part uh coming off the bench and hit maybe one of their better outside shooters so they definitely are going to miss that jimmy's not exactly an all-world three-point shooter right that was one of the criticisms so the clogging of the middle is still a potential concern for the 76ers but at the end of the day this guy's a scorer and he's a clutch scorer and he can attack the rim i think it makes a big Big difference for Philly having a go-to guy like this, especially a veteran player. He's only, what, 29? I'm telling you right now, they're about to climb the standings, and the Celtics are hanging around right now with the likes of the Detroit Pistons in the standings. Barf. This is ridiculous. Philly's going to put on a strong push. I'm telling you right now, John.
1: So uh, that was a very convincing uh, pr- impression of all the people who live around you in the uh, Pennsylvania area. So good job by you. has nothing to your do neighbors with I'm I'm all to it. I been appreciate it. I've been on the road they since the train. Brain. Nope, I've been on You're... the road
0: since the train. I haven't even yeah, been in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah.
1: Whatever. It's it's in there clearly, ladies and gentlemen, Salt Stuff Live listeners, We've lost Justin, so it's pretty soon. It's Philly stuff, Sixers stuff, live, and you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be, be replaced by some guy in West Philadelphia, born and raised, you know, on a playground. He spent most of his days. Anyway, look, Jimmy Butler is a great player. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. I'm not gonna say he's not a great player that he won't impact Philly. He he clearly is gonna be a huge influence for. The, the philadelphia 76ers and trying to get them you know higher up in the standings i think they're going to win a lot more games probably in the regular season than i would have anticipated you may remember we talked about where they were going to be uh it was a fourth fifth thing with me and, and indiana i think clearly they're now in the top four without question here's the problem though can't shoot get three point He's a 37.8% three point shooter. That's the, that's the best shooting percentage he's ever had, he's had in the league. That's what he's put up this year. Um, the guy is not going to space the floor, right? Um, you've got, you're still going to do what you've always been doing in terms of how you defend Ben Simmons and how you defend Joel Embiid. Nothing changes playing against Jimmy Butler. He's not going to change the geometry of the floor in a meaningful way. So
0: you really still have to move Reddick into the starting lineup for that reason. Well, I think you could, but I think even right then, because you got Simmons that's leading the offense. Right? Yeah, I agree. It's one guy, but Jimmy can still take his. I mean, it, yeah, I, but I, you you can play off of Jimmy too a bit. So it's like, it, I mean, look, Sarich.
1: I'm not saying Sarich and, and uh, Covington are Larry Bird and Dale Ellis, but They are, they were guys who helped spread the floor quite a bit for that, that Philly team. And now they're even thinner and you're maybe looking more at Markel Foltz to do more off the bench. I don't know if you saw his free throw last night, but oh my goodness. (laughs) I've seen I've seen dogs vomiting with more grace than what that shot looked like. It was awful. I feel bad for the guy. I don't say it to to rip on him. I'm just saying, like when you've got more hitches in your shot than than uh, you know, Charles Barkley has when he's on the the third fairway there, uh, that's a problem. And he is he's going to be asked to do more. And you, how do you think Jimmy Butler is going to do in terms of leadership and building camaraderie? I mean. Man, the guy has burned his way out of Chicago, out of Minnesota. Now he's going into the process, and that's a volatile situation that nobody's really talking about. I, look, I, I think it's a—I think it was a, the right move for Philly. They really didn't have many other opportunities to to make that type of deal. I think it was the right move, but they are—they're—they missed an opportunity by going after a guy like Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi Leonard would have been. Lockstalek, like, you know, that's it. That would have shut the whole thing down. Jimmy Butler doesn't get me as excited. And like you said, 29's good. He's
0: you know, I agree with that. No, no, no. no. I mean is. you're right about Kawhi being obviously, you know, a much level up over Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler, especially when you look what he's done to to Toronto. I mean, really that's a that's a big step up for that team for a guy that barely has had a chance. To get, you know, acclimated and build that chemistry and, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and we know. The the three point shooting was really kind of a non issue for DeRozan last year. He really, I'm mean, not a non issue, but he he picked it up much substantially, better. much yeah. better. Totally. And and look at Kawhi, he didn't even play last year. So the fact that he's, well, the fact that he's basically healthy is kind playing. of curious. And playing really, that's a whole other topic for maybe Toronto stuff live or Raptors stuff live. But either way, really, really bizarre the starters that he's just yeah the starters for him to come out like this. Be doing that, and for them to take such a leap up, obviously, it would have done wonders. Also, because Mm -hmm. of the defense and the three-point shooting. He would have been a better match than Jimmy Mm -hmm. Butler, just for the makeup of the 76ers. Totally. But... Jimmy is a big, big upgrade for this team. Just from a leadership (laughs) standpoint, I think they'll let him in. I don't think they're going to be in this like, and I know you're saying that the leadership is questionable because of the way he attacked at practice, but he was forcing his way out. You know, this is, he's a gritty dude on a losing team. How many times do you see guys with that type A personality getting to the point in their career where they're, just about to hit, you know, their, their peak, right? And, and, you know, sometimes they feel like they're going to make something happen. And, and, you know, if we're going to use a Kawhi comparison, nobody, nothing Butler did even comes close to the ridiculousness of Kawhi Leonard's force out of a good team, not even a bad team, not a bad team, a good team. And now right. we talking about practice. We're talking about practice and Jimmy Butler is going bananas on Carl Anthony Towns. He's yeah. going bananas on everybody. It's an elite level player when he wants to be. And I think the reason he forced his way out is because he wanted to be. What's really bizarre about it is our old buddy who we used to call Thibodeau that we now call Thibodeau <laughs> was like totally boys with Butler, right? He went after yeah. Butler because of the time in Chicago. and how. My, and so I kind of feel like the one thing that stings me, you know, and it doesn't really sting me that bad, but I feel like, Butler kind of did Thibodeau wrong, and uh, and left him with peanuts in the lap on on that deal. I mean that really sucks for Tom, and I bet I bet Tom's a little bit on a short leash now.
1: Oh yeah, I think well there and there was a there was some I came up with Swoosh or or who had said it, but somebody had said that he was that that Glenn Taylor was was considering firing him and Laden last summer, so. No, I I agree with you. I think he really did do, uh, Tibbs wrong. (laughs) It sticks. You know, but but it's always going to be Timidou. Tibbs just doesn't work. I know. It's not the same, but you know, he pushed himself out of Chicago again, another losing situation, but yeah, he didn't mess with the, the kids. He didn't, he didn't take Carol Anthony Towns under his wing and Wiggins under his wing and lead him. So maybe. Embiid and Simmons are different players. Maybe they have a greater a better work ethic. Maybe there's uh you know a situation where he will be able to to lead that team, you know, but it felt like those two guys felt like they were already on to something. Are they gonna be able to do what the Celtics young kids now are being asked to do and trying to subvert some of those tendencies to be the leader and let the older guy kind of take over? I think that there's some old guy, old guard, new guard stuff that they're going to have to work out as well. It may be not pronounced because it's only one guy. But
0: Now, the issue is the depth really on that team. The depth on Philly is why that thing, that resolves itself. I mean, they've got to pull guys off the bench. They've got to leave Jimmy out there to lead a second unit sometimes, which is probably what will happen. Uh, he'll probably be kind of that guy who sticks around. He'll, he'll start. And he'll last the longest through substitutions. And then, you know, they'll kind of work it in reverse in the second half and leave him out there towards the end, you know, and bring him in at that late. You know, he'll get the early sub in the third yep. quarter and kind of hang around. But that's exactly what they want him. They, they want him to just take over against lesser talent and go at the rim. And then the rest of the time he can kind of shoot from the outside. So, um, you know, and try to work that angle a little bit with the other guys. Because Embiid can shoot threes. And, and so can Reddick, you know, so, uh, I, I, I see a little bit of a, uh, some ability there. It's really Simmons playmaking that could put this all together. Um, that it's, it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on him, I think, He's, because of, like you said, the clogging.
1: The shoot, yeah, the shooting, that's the killer. I mean, that, that's the thing that when they play Boston, that they're just not going to be able to get past. You know, maybe, and well, I Boston's think Boston's got to get past it.
0: You know what I well, mean? that's but, kind of the problem right, but, here too. Right.
1: I mean, we're we're saying all these things in the idea that Boston's going to figure it out. I mean, if, right now, boss, the way Boston's playing, they're going to struggle to even make the playoffs. So, I, I think we're you, you know, when I look at Philly and I say where this is going to go, I think Philly will figure it out, but I don't know that they're going to be able to reach that that pinnacle because I think Simmons. Really until he will shoot a three and stops being so cowardly, then they're going to, they're going to have a hard time getting into the, the, the further reaches of the NBA playoffs, the conference finals, the NBA finals. He, he's got to do that. And, and to that point, Embiid's got to be a little bit more productive and efficient with the ball. No, stop the turnovers and, uh, you know, take better, uh, shoot that three at a higher percentage. Right now he's not shooting that three at a percentage better than Aaron Beans. That's got to be that's got to be different if he's going to make that part of his repertoire.
0: So funny you call him cowardly. All I can think of is is. The, is the Wizard of Oz, and I just want to Photoshop the starting five. Because yeah. because
1: because of all the wonderful things he does. Yeah. So is Embiid the great. Tin
0: Man? Is Embiid the Tin Man? Right? He would be, he would be the Tin Man? Absolutely. Reddick's yeah. Toto. Reddix Toto. Yeah,
1: and and Jimmy Butler is the weird. Scarecrow. Is yeah. have a brain? Oh, <laughs> no, nice. that's not oh, nice. Oh, dude. That's fine. That's fine.
0: All right, we're going to wrap this baby boop. up by talking about the 3 boop. games that are coming up. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> right now the Celtics represent the lollipop kids or guild. So, ah. there you go. Yes. Um All right, 3 games, Bulls, and then that's Wednesday, one night off, a home and home or a home two homes back-to-back against Raptors and Jazz. So the Bulls feels good, right? That that Wednesday <laughs> game, that feels good. Well, whatever, dude. They barely beat Phoenix. I, know. So, I mean, come on. Uh, but that one feels pretty good. And then yep. maybe a little bit of vengeance on the mind for the Jazz game. I don't think they have a shot against the Raptors. So I'm going to, as much as I thought two and two and, and a road trip to Gel was going to pay off last week, This could easily be an 0 and 3 week if the bulls snuck up on them. 1 and 2 is probably on the higher side of reality, but I just gotta think that something's going on in this locker room that somebody is gonna make a statement after that road trip. You know, if it didn't happen on the road trip, it's gotta happen at home in the locker room. It just does or in practice something Somebody, there's seven and six. Somebody in that locker room has to have the pride to not put up with this anymore and to make the statement. And it's not going to be Horford, not because he's gassed. It's just not his style, right? So right. somebody else, and maybe it's going to be Marcus Smart. Maybe he needs well, to punch a hole in the wall. I mean, who well, knows what he's got to do. He but, was
1: pretty vocal. He was he, pretty vocal in the post game, as was Kyrie, yep. both of them.
0: Two and one. That's why, then that's why they should be starting side by side. That, then that's it right there. All right. The two of them put up or shut up now. They've talked. They got to back it up. Put them side by side and let them back it up. Okay. Kyrie likes to work off ball anyway, right? So he does. He does. Yeah. Until he's going to ISO and set up on the other side, right? On the weak side. So bulls, raptors, jazz. I'm going two and one. I just feel like. You know they've got to be on the higher end. Otherwise, if they go one and two, yeah. they're going to be a 500 ball club when you and I talk next time. They're pretty damn close now. If they go 0 and three, God forbid it won't happen. But if they mm-hmm. do, they'll be an under 500 club. Okay. They've had some struggles in the past, mm-hmm. and to start out the season, nothing like this. And this no. has the least amount of excuses for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So I, I agree
1: with you. I think the Bulls game is that that. That better be a win, right? I mean, after what we went through, that better be a win. But um, here's what I'm going to say. So all last year, you used to. Oh, you used to here on we me. go. The three oh, I can see the time. I can you used see the pile away. Oh, he's always so optimistic. Oh, you always say they're always going to do well this week, and you know, last week. I was pretty, I thought I was being overly pessimistic. I'm like, well, you know, things are starting to turn around and before the Indiana game, they started to look better and, and they didn't. And I, but, but we called it accurately. So here's, here's the thing, right? The jazz game, which I agree with you is probably the easiest of the two back to back games. I think there's some bad blood about how that game went down. Um, I think the Jazz played well. I think Boston had a chance there at the end, but I think that there's a real desire to kind of give it back to them, you know, uh, and, and the ability to kind of play with them so soon after having lost up in Utah, I think that's motivation for them. I'd say the same with the Raptors game. They went up there to Toronto about two weeks, two weeks ago, three weeks ago and close all the way through and they've got their doors blown off when you know, Toronto
0: at Supernova. They had like Toronto, a total extra gear all up in their business. Yeah.
1: But I, I, you know, it's they felt like they were weird. toying yeah. with them. No, they were making wild shots. I don't think they were toying with it. Boston was in the lead most of the first half. And then this third quarter, they kind of fell back a little bit, but it was, it was a two point three. That point happens all the time. Until, a,
0: they're either posting a huge yeah. slump in the first quarter or they're jumping out to a big lead and then they take yeah. a big heard all over the rest of the game.
1: So Justin's pretty optimistic about <laughs> the season. <laughs> but listen, Celtics have a great record against Toronto in Boston. Always have. Home and home, for whatever reason, Boston plays Toronto well at home. This is a different Toronto team, but it's not going to be a different result. 3-0, and baby! We're going
0: to... Who can see that coming? Baby. Let's go. Let's, Let's see go, that Celtics. Oh, Let's my go. God. <laughs> You this is one of those moments where the fan in you is coming out because you're actually trying to will this God through right like now. psychology. Listen, like it's
1: time, man. Ah, this, it's time for them. Listen, it's been a month, the season has been in. Hayward is a month away from playing like himself. Brad's going to make some changes for until now, until Christmas, and then after the first of the year, they're going rolling. This team is going to win their sixty-three wins, just like I called it the start of the season. I don't care how bad they're playing now. <sighs> See, the, the, <laughs> all I could think was my like sixty-win season. Gonna, it's happening,
0: yeah. The 16-win season is in major jeopardy, dude. I love it. I absolutely love it. Good for you. But that is definitely going to do it for the broadcast. (laughs) Bring it. Bring it. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. Remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you give us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. For staff writer Samuel Elias. Does he even work for CLNS Media anymore? I might have to update that. Staff writer, Samuel Elias, executive producer, Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Jelso, and my co-host, John Duke. Nick Jelso yes. does. <laughs> yep, I think, I think so. he does.
1: Nick what about, sounds familiar. I think, what about Nick. Justin
0: Poulin? I don't know. Is he still here? Not
1: familiar. You know, know nobody that,
0: listens man. to this part of the show anyway. Who
1: cares? They already, they already, turned, off. They already turned it on. Totally to tuned out. By Sam Vecini. If you, know, you listen
0: to this, I want a tweet. We need to see a tweet yeah. to know that somebody actually stuck it around this long. That's right.
1: Listen in. Come on, folks. CNS Media. That's what's up. Let's go.
0: And for my out. co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poolen. Thank you for listening to this week's edition I'm of Green Colored Glasses Live.
1: Celtics stuff live.